0: Do you have to be on social media to market your business? If you're becoming more and more disenchanted with social media, know this, you're not alone. The number one question I'm asked these days is, is, "There an alternative to marketing on social media. My clients are requesting marketing strategies that don't have a social media component. Because let's face it, the platforms are demanding more and more of our time than Ever before, whether it's creating reels or the constant cycle of content creation, it seems never ending and the return on investment is questionable. It's gone to the point it's making so many people wonder if social media is worth it. This is why I wanted to have Meg Casebolt on the show today to discuss this topic. She's noticed this trend too, and her podcast, The Social Slowdown, discusses some alternatives. Meg Casebolt is the founder of Love at First Search, an agency singularly devoted to helping online businesses get found in search results like Google, YouTube, and iTunes, and turn those new readers into leads, subscribers, and sales. Meg's clients are entrepreneurs who are too busy changing the world to worry about things like website conversion and search traffic, but still want their websites to get found on Google for their brilliance. Meg lives in Rochester, New York with her husband, two boys, and an 80-pound pit bull. She has an insatiable appetite for s'mores, Broadway musicals, and romance novels. So if you're wondering what's the alternative to social media, you don't want to miss this conversation. Welcome to Make Marketing Suck Less, the podcast that knows marketing is, well, freaking hard, especially when you're a solo business owner trying to juggle it all. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Mazer, author of The Three-Word Rebellion and founder of The Expert Up Club forget the latest marketing fads and tactics promising social media stardom. I'm here with research-backed strategies to help you clarify your message and get twice as effective with your marketing. And while I can't promise you'll ever love marketing, I'm here to make you hate it a tiny bit less. Hey Meg, welcome back to the Rebel Uprising podcast. I'm so happy to have you back for your second appearance. I
1: am thrilled to be here with a little bit of a different focus, and I'm also wondering when I like how many times do I need to appear before I get the Pink Ladies jacket?
0: <laughs> I think you know, five. On like Saturday do Night Live, they hand timers, out the jackets. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, I know I'm behind, well. <laughs> but I want to catch up to being in the Pink Ladies jacket, and I need <laughs> okay. it to be like in your brand colors. I want it like teal and red. You know, I think Natalie could do that for us. She could come up with a really cool jacket design.
0: Let's, yeah, let's make yeah, it happen. totally, yeah. totally. I'll wear it. Awesome. Well, the reason that I wanted to have you back for a second appearance is because you and I have noticed this trend that Mm. people are kind of desperate to get off of social media, or at least slow down on social media. And I know you have a podcast that is dedicated to this. But I thought we could start with talking about what was your catalyst behind your own social media slowdown?
1: Yeah, so I think there were a couple different uh, which is kind of interesting because I asked people that on the podcast. I don't think I've answered this question for myself yet. So that's funny. Um I would say that the catalyst for my own marketing shifts, um it's kind of twofold. Some of it is tracking what's working in terms of generating new leads for my business, and recognizing that even though I was spending a lot of time, you know, creating for this algorithm and posting to all these places and taking the selfies to put them in Insta stories and, you know, showing the behind the scenes, like, I never, people would engage with me. They'd be like, you put the little fire emoji on my stories, but those were not the people who were buying from me. The people who were buying from me were either finding me through search or finding me through referral and mm-hmm. doing the recognition of, you know, really tracking back what's working. I realized I was spending a lot of time on something that wasn't necessarily correlating with results. Yeah. And then, and then I think the other side of it is that a lot in the past two years, but really in 2020, um, there were a lot of times where it was suddenly not okay to post on social media, because of society happening around mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the first days of the pandemic, it was how uh, turn off your funnels, turn them off. There's, you can't post about this, we are in crisis. And then that summer, was uh george floyd's murder yeah, right and yeah. black lives matter and it was like put up a black square to show that you are you know that you believe this and white people shouldn't post right now and i was like that doesn't make sense to, like how does that how does that change anything and why do i like and people were still sending me referrals and people were still finding my website that didn't stop so why did i have to stop not, not to say like not to be disrespectful to any of these movements but it just felt like society was pushing the agenda that they wanted to push and i could no longer run my business on the pl- the the plans that i had and if something bad happens in the world that shouldn't necessarily correlate to decreased revenue because everything in my life is dependent on these stupid platforms that don't even make me happy. (laughs) (laughs) They just felt stressful all the time.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think there are two really interesting things that you, that you said here. It's like number one, you realized that it wasn't actually working to get you results. And I don't think people slow down enough to figure out or to add a Mm -hmm. question to their intake form about how people found you. Um, you would. When you do that work, because I know I've seen that for myself, they never find me through social media. They might be connected with me on social media, but it was some other catalyst. So yeah, probably they I- like heard you on someone else's podcast and then they went to your website and then they're like, oh, I'm not quite ready yet. I'm going
1: to follow her on Instagram just to kind of keep top of mind. Or, you know, the, the people have so many different touch points with us. Social media can be one of them, but chances are it's not the one.
0: Yeah, the singular exactly. <laughs> the one that defies them all. <laughs> no, no. The one marketing channel to rule them all. <laughs> Exactly. And then I do find it really interesting because I remember those times. And even with the war in Ukraine, people are like, oh, you shouldn't be posting about your business. And I'm like, you know what? This war is going to go on for a while. What are you supposed to do? Not market your business? Because then you can't actually even give to causes if you don't have the revenue to support your business. And it becomes this really self-defeating cycle and it just makes yeah social media super unstable for marketing and I think also you know
1: what is the benefit of changing that strategy is it just performative is it just Mm -hmm. you know are are you trying to uh, does it actually support the causes that you are supposed to be supporting or are you just changing because somebody told you that you were supposed to, you know, and and if the way that you use your marketing is, is to provide value to your audience, can you continue to provide value? Or are you just performing for somebody on the calendar that they set up for you?
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, and that leads me to my next question of why do you think there is this overarching trend to move away from social media for marketing your business?
1: Well, I think for so many people, it started as well, this is a free tool where my people are hanging out. And therefore it is where I should be. Um, because they're, they're there. So that's my place to connect with them. That's the water cooler that they're hanging out at. So I need to go to that water cooler as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that as time has elapsed, there are more of these societal pressures to show up and perform in a certain way. And we're getting tired of it. The algorithms are changing. I've seen a lot of people lately post like, Oh, my God, these videos take me so long. And I'm like, then don't do videos. But you don't show up anymore unless you're creating really clever, very quick, very high time-consuming videos that may or may not actually, you know, be worth the time that you're spending on them. And... (sighs) Because we're business owners, we're so busy. And if we're not enjoying what we're doing, like, and it's not bringing in clients, then let's find an alternative. (laughs) And if you're happy there, like, I have friends who love social media still, and that's Mm -hmm. where they're spending their time. And they are really connecting with people hard. That's great. Like, keep it up. Enjoy the process. Like, if it's working, work it. But if it doesn't feel good anymore, like, don't feel like you're obligated to create more content for Zuckerberg, you know?
0: Yes, 100%. I think that is that is the thing. And it's like the content that now we're now being asked to create is so time consuming. Mm-hmm. Like somebody someone said to me the other day. She's like, "Oh, I'm so proud of myself. I only spent like 6 hours creating this reel." Oh and I'm gosh. like, "Do you know what you could do with 6 hours of your time?" And, and Oh, yeah, I did um, the episode that came out right before yours is I did a little like back of the napkin math. And I was like, you know, I'm spending six weeks a year creating for social media. Wow, Because, I mean, it's six hours a week. It's not like it's a ton of time a week. But when you think about spending a month and a half of your working time a year creating for a platform that isn't actually – delivering results to you, it's you You become to realize that you are an unpaid employee of the platform. <laughs> yes.
1: And I think also, like, even though we're, it's time consuming, and we're saying, like, oh, does it really, you know, make a dent in terms of our lead generation strategy? It is also the platform that gives us the fastest feedback mechanism. Mm-hmm. If you write a blog, you know, even this, this conversation that you and I are having, Michelle, it's probably not going to come out for a couple of weeks. And even then, you know, the, 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 I mean, I'm enjoying having the conversation, so I'm still getting some, some feedback out of it, you know, but when I post something on Instagram or LinkedIn, people are reacting to it within seconds. They're saying hearts Mm -hmm. and they're, they're liking it and they're commenting and it makes me feel seen. It makes me feel like I'm showing up and I'm important and I'm giving them something. And that dopamine hit is addicting. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Even if we can, like, in our brains and on the like the most cognitive headspace thing, if we can say, "Yeah, this this isn't this isn't directly correlating to my bottom line and my revenue." Yeah, but it feels good to be seen in a world where we're isolated. Like, there's something there. Mm-hmm. There's something really important about the connection that we have on these platforms in a digital space. It, it,
0: it's valid. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And, I mean, I think sometimes getting that f- that immediate feedback can be really helpful. Like if you're testing out a new message or a new angle and you want to see how it does or you want to do a poll or, you know, just getting some quick, you know, flash feedback basically. Or maybe it's some days your that. hair
1: just looks great and you want people to see yes. your hair and be like, damn, girl, that is hot. Like sometimes you just want – It doesn't even have to be the like the messaging stuff, although that is important. Sometimes you just want to be acknowledged as a human to another human, right? Like
0: that's okay. Yes. 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 And, Do you think people are so fearful to let social media go? Because we, I mean, outside of the instant feedback and the dopamine hit, one of the things I see, it's like, oh, I know this doesn't really work for my business, but I'm afraid to slow down on it. I'm afraid to like take a break from it or focus on things that I know would probably work a little bit better. (laughs) I
1: think a lot of it is FOMO and- and that's where the cool kids are hanging out. Mm. There's societal pressure to show up a certain way in these places. And, you know, this is like not going to the high school football game when everyone's there for homecoming. You know, like it, there's there's something of there's some peer pressure happening here. And 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 there's there's connection that is happening You know, Mm -hmm. I like to see my friends and most of them live spread out around the country. And I'm if if I am not, you know, hopping on the channels and seeing your name pop up, I'll still sometimes I'll go like, I wonder what Michelle's up to. Right. You don't want to miss those updates from people. And if it's just okay, well, she sent me an email cool, but maybe I want to know what's happening behind the scenes. Like there is a level of connection and a level of, of, you know, trust that's happening. And even if I'm not commenting on your posts, I know what you're going, what's up, you know, yeah. that, that's valuable. And it it is connection. It is supporting your friends. It is. And, and it's, even if I'm not responding to your posts, I'm liking them. You're seeing my name pop up. You know, there's, there's a reciprocity here mm-hmm. that, If we're not showing up and we're not performing and we're not engaging, it's like abandoning the relationships that we think are happening there. Even though they're very shallow relationships on social media sometimes, they can go deep, but many of them are shallow connections. Um, I think that people still want to have that broader net of shallow connections,
0: Yeah, well, and I think there's a really important distinction because I see so many people who just post and ghost. So it's like they go to social media because they have to be there and then they post and then they leave. And they're not doing that second piece of interaction, which Mm is where the actual connection happens. Mm -hmm. Like I've been spending more time on LinkedIn and commenting thoughtfully on a person's post is one of the best ways to make an impression impression and further a conversation. And so often, we're not willing to take that next step. Like, I almost think like you could not post on social media and still just interact with people, let them know you're alive, and you would still be okay, because you're there to connect versus there to broadcast market.
1: Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And I think what you just said about being thoughtful in the ways that you're showing up is much more not even time consuming, it's much more energy draining hmm. And for me personally, the time where I'm like, oh, let me go on social and check things out. That's the end of the day when I'm tired. I'm not yeah. like, mm, let me th- think about something thoughtful to say in the comments here. It's like, hey, girl, looking good. You know, <laughs> that's all you're going to get from me, because that's not where I want to engage in the thought leadership and the thought conversations. But if that is part of what you want to do is engage with people on social, you have to you have to invest the energy to be intentional.
0: Yes, which is hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it isn't the easiest thing in the world to go in and be thoughtful and leave comments. But if you really want to like use this as a marketing channel, I feel like that's the necessary component that people don't do. It's like they just use it for broadcasting. And they're like, Oh, why aren't people responding? And Our mutual friend, Tara Newman, said something really interesting the other day. She's like, if you want people to respond to your social media posts, then you need to be responding to theirs. If you want people to respond to your emails, respond to other people's emails. She's like, you've got to create that kind of cycle of reciprocity and showing up in a certain way. And I think... With social media, so many people, we're so pressed for time that we forget how important the interaction actually is on the channel. And if it's going to be effective, that's really what needs to happen. Yeah, I agree. So the question I'm excited to chat with you about, because I have a lot of thoughts on this too, are (laughs) what are the alternatives you're seeing to social media? So what are people trying, experimenting with? What are you experimenting with to rely less on it? Well, I think that for,
1: for me personally in the business that I'm running, the, the marketing channels that we use tend to come down to two things, which are content creation and relationship building and collaboration. So for us, content creation is we have a podcast, we have a YouTube channel, we have a blog, right? We're trying to get on other people's podcasts and create guest content and just kind of be able to share value. And mm-hmm. educational content and deeper conversations than just what I can fit into a hundred and forty character tweet. Um, yes, my time on Twitter is mostly spent talking about ADHD and romance novels okay. and the patriarchy. <laughs> so, like, it's not really a place where I'm engaging with with SEO, right? Um, so, about half of the the marketing efforts that we're putting in are are those kinds of evergreen content creation processes. Um, and the other half for us is collaborations and relationship mm-hmm. building. So, you know, in the same way I just said, podcasting on other people's podcasts is content creation, <laughs> but also it's relationship building because I get to hang out with you and have a, an interesting conversation. Um, yeah. You know, being in virtual summits, being in masterminds, uh, and and sometimes just like reaching out to my network and being like, I have, I have some time and space. Who do you know that needs these services? And reaching out to previous clients and saying how's it going anything we can help you with right it doesn't always have to be a broadcast to a giant audience sometimes it can just be a shoulder tap sometimes it can just be a an outreach and it doesn't have to be with you know the the next step in mind it can just be hey michelle how's it going you know do you know do you have anyone that you know that needs what i do cool
0: yeah yeah and i think we forget that these high touch more personalized ways of marketing still exist yes. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is weird to say right because I'm like you I've doubled down on a lot of networking this year just like mm-hmm. meeting people and you know seeing how I can be of service seeing how they can be of service and that just like just meet you know Making some cool friends. And I think we forgot to do that because we're like, oh, we have to be broadcasting, we have to be emailing. And a lot of times, like when I, you know, look at where my leads come from, it's because someone told someone else about my book. So it is that word of mouth referral. They read the book, they're like, oh, I want to work with her. And so they sign up for a consult call. So it's always this. Person, and sometimes I don't even know the person. The person read my book and then it started giving them to their mastermind, right? So it's just this snowball effect. They're like, Oh, my coach told me about you. And I'm like, I don't know who your coach is. That's really cool. (laughs) That's when I always reach out to the coach and I'm like, Hey, do you want me to
1: do a guest expert thing in your mastermind, right? Like, it's deepening our network and our relationships and being unafraid to reach out, even if it's like a cold outreach like that, where you know they know you, but you kind of don't know them yet, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and I I think you make a really good point, which is that we forget that these high touch options are available to us because we have been told repeatedly that things should be automated and things should be easy and that broadcasts are, you know, if you can automate enough then and get enough people into your funnel, then you'll be super successful. Um, mm-hmm. And that is a business model. That is a choice you can make, but it's not the only one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and this, we were talking a little before we hit record about the difference between being a business owner expert yeah. and an influencer. Mm-hmm. And it seems to both of us that there is this, like, we're confused about what our actual role is. Yeah. And, you know, as somebody who helps people with
1: their marketing measurement, And I'm looking at people's analytics every day. And I'm looking at them and going, you know, here's your page views. And here's your podcast downloads. And here's your YouTube subscribers. Like, it's not even always the social media metrics. But recognizing that more is not always better for business owners. If you have a business model that is based on I need to have a certain number of page views because I need to get traffic coming in, you know, my, my YouTube channel is monetized. I have, uh, I'm, I'm having people sponsor my podcast or specific companies brand sponsor mm-hmm. my podcast and I need them to see my download numbers. If that's your model, if you have AdSense on your website and more page views equals more money, then more is more. More is Mm -hmm. better in that case. But if your marketing is meant for lead generation, then you don't need more. You need better quality.
0: Yes. And getting clear on how many people you actually need, because a lot of the people listening to this podcast only need to work with a handful of people per year in order to meet their goals. But yet they're building an audience like they're launching a low-cost membership. And those are very different things. Like you can have a super successful business with a tiny audience, but then you're doing more of those. Like shoulder taps, more of that custom outreach. I mean, even to like for me, even to my email lists, like if I see somebody like downloads the pricing guide for the work I do, I reach out. I just send them like a 45 second email. Like, Hey, do you have any questions? And people love that because they're like, Oh, there's actually a human being here. Yes.
1: Yes. And I think, you know, knowing the math, math is scary. Right, and especially when Mm -hmm. we start talking about percentages and conversion rates and all of that. But let's say that let's say that you need one new client a month. Mm -hmm. That's twelve people that you need to convert. And let's say that you you convert that that half of the people you talk to end up hiring you. Mm -hmm. So you need twenty four people to contact you in a year. That's it. Yeah, 24 people. And Two a it, month. <laughs> right. And if we're playing the game of like, oh, well, how much traffic do I need? Okay. If if 5% of the people who come to your website fill out your contact form, then you only need 500 people on your website. And some of them may come through social and some of them may come through search and some of them may hear you on a mm-hmm. podcast and some of them may come from a referral. You don't need 500,000. No, no. No. And we're building to always have more and to be capturing more and to, oh, drive everyone into your Facebook group or go get them to download the thing or do the thing. And it's like, maybe just tell them to book a call with you. Yeah. Maybe just tell them it, to buy the product they're looking at instead of needing to like hit them up and put them in the funnel and do the uh, the abandoned cart sequence. Like maybe just let them let them work with you, let them hire you, let them buy from you. This isn't, don't make it so difficult.
0: Yes. And I think that's what it, it, like, it doesn't have to be difficult, folks. You get nothing else from this. Your marketing should be simple. It should be easy. It should be effective. You don't need a 900 step funnel in order to get people to work with you. All right, Meg. So are you ready? It is time for the three word rebellion lightning round of questions. Sure. All Right. right. I can't wait to hear how these changed. (laughs) Yeah. I don't remember what I said the last time I was on. All right. So what's one thing you're rebelling against?
1: Besides the patriarchy. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would say uh,
1: the FOMO of needing to show up the way that everyone else shows up instead of figuring out what works for your business, your brain, your life, your
0: goals. Mm. I feel that one deeply in my soul. <laughs> I know.
1: Just, and even those of us who talk about this all the time are like, but maybe I should do this, right? Like, we're yeah. watching the trends and we want to test them and we want don't want to be left behind.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. And yeah, even though I talk about this stuff all the time, I'm still like, well, maybe I should be doing more on Instagram or even that voice in my head that's like, what am I missing if I'm not doing it? I might be missing clients. And it's like, all right, and I'm
1: like, well, Michelle's, Michelle's doing really well on LinkedIn. Maybe I should spend more time on LinkedIn. Like, it's already happening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even Mm -hmm. in the
0: middle of this conversation, it's,
1: it's so prevalent.
0: Yes. What change would you most like to create in terms of business? Sure. Um, Let's do business. Yeah. In
1: terms of the online marketing uh, space, I would say I'd like to detach the idea of um, marketing, always having quantifiable trackable results and, Uh, And people are always surprised to hear me say stuff like that, because I do so much of this tracking. But recognizing that like, just because somebody found you right now doesn't mean they have to buy from you right now. Sometimes it takes people some time. And this idea that like, they join your email list, and they should buy your product within seven days. And so give them this tripwire thing, because then they'll buy from you, and they'll be more likely to buy from you again within 30 days. And, uh, you know, tracking, tracking timelines and anticipating sales numbers based on, I'm just like, man, just let let people hire you when they're ready to hire you. Let them buy from you when they're ready to, you don't know what's happening in people's lives. Mm -hmm. I just made this, I just made this big shift in my webinar call to action, which was, Hey guys, I'm starting a program that has some live coaching. It's going to start next week. It's also going to start in May. It's also going to start in August. It's also going to start in November. Mm -hmm, Tell me when mm -hmm. you want to be part of this and I'll hold a space for you.
0: (sighs) Uh, I, well, I love that change. (laughs) Like, well, because I do think there is this like, Oh yeah, well we got to like, it's that, fake urgency versus like, no, when does this actually work for your schedule? Because I know you're like me where uh, we don't want someone signing up for a program or for my one-on-one work and then they don't have time to do it. Because there is this literal thing. It's not like a false objection that you have a life outside of your business and things happen and uh, yada, yada, yada. So giving people that agency, that choice is refreshing yeah so maybe my real answer is uh, the thing that i'd like to change is that you
1: treat your clients like adults who can make their Mm -hmm. own decisions based on what's happening in their lives and not feel like you have to use these complicated and let's be honest like slightly manipulative tactics Mm -hmm. tactics it's it Mm -hmm. the more i recognize that when i change the way that i sell it decreases my sales but it feels so good
0: it feels so good. So if everyone acted on that change, what do you think online business would be like?
1: I think we'd just have less anxiety around all of it. And it's not in like a like law of attraction people will come when they come kind of way where we're mm-hmm. leaning into the universe, but just like recognizing that if people want to work with you they can find a way to work with you. And you don't necessarily have to do all the arm twisting to get them in right this minute, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think it will give people a more long term approach that puts less fear into the ways that we talk about our businesses.
0: I love that. So Meg, tell everyone where they can find you and how they can connect with you. Sure. So I uh, if you want to come listen to the podcast, you
1: can listen to that over at socialslowdown.com. I know we have a lot of podcasters over here. Um, and if you also want to work with my agency on your own content strategy to get found in search results, come find us at loveatfirstsearch.com.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Meg. This was a fantastic conversation. It was my pleasure. Now that was a barn burner of a conversation. There's a few things I want to call out. First, take some time after this episode and figure out if your social media efforts are actually leading two clients. Now for me, I track where people found me when they fill out my intake form. And I know for me, most people find me because of my book or because I was on another podcast and then they connect with me on social media. So if you have this data, go back and look at your last five clients. And if you don't, go Back and ask your last five clients how they found you because those answers will reveal to you whether or not social media is working for your business. The second takeaway from this episode with Meg is that we have to remember that social media is actually social. It should be Be for connection and not just broadcasting. So if you've been doing a lot of posting and ghosting and wondering why social media isn't working for you, it might be time to change that tactic. Post less, engage, leave thoughtful comments on other people's content more. And I think if you want to stay on social media, and that would be a way it could start paying off. And then finally, realize there are alternatives to being on social media. And it seems to me that social media has been equated as marketing in the online business space for far too long. But guess what? Businesses were able to market themselves before the advent of social media. So look at other strategies like good old-fashioned networking, the shoulder tapping that Meg talked about. SEO is another alternative. So there are lots of alternatives that help you build relationships that lead to clients. And finally, you don't have to completely abandon social media. If social media is working for you, it's getting you clients, or you just plain freaking love it, good. Go for it. Be on social media. However, if you're feeling like it's a lot of work for little return on your investment, you can always slow it down and reinvest the time you're spending on social media into another way to market your business. If the Make Marketing Suck Less pod is making your marketing more effective so that your clients can find and hire you, please share the show with a friend. The easiest way to do that is through pod link. You can find the show at pod.link slash rebel and that page will allow anyone you share the show with to subscribe and start listening in their favorite podcast player. That's pod.link slash rebel. The Make Marketing Suck Less podcast is a production of Communication Rebel. Our production coordinator is Jessica Gully ward The podcast is edited by Stephen Mills. Our executive producer is me, Dr. Michelle Mazur. The Make Marketing Suck Less podcast is recorded on the unceded traditional lands of the Coast Salish peoples, specifically the first people of Seattle, the Duwamish people, original stewards of the land past and present.